1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Hello and welcome to episode 150 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Please subscribe and tell a friend. Dan Bayliss is here. Hello, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hello, football fans. Uh, episode 150, huge podcast episode milestone, but also a, a huge episode in, in terms of the game. Um, as we're recording this, news is breaking uh, a bit like the foundations of the European Super League. So, I mean, we, we will try not to say, oh my God, this has happened. So it, it sort of t- stands the test of time a little bit, but we will sort of be reacting to what's going on out there at the moment. You may take your leave, but you'll never take our pyramid, seems to be the message. I mean, over the last couple of days, Harry, I think we've all been distraught. And I think it's the first time that Europe has been uh, united ever, it seems. And it's funny how it took a European Super League plan to pull everybody together. But when we saw the news, when it came out, it was just a little bit devastating, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, it kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Sunday night, Gary Neville had his few rants, and then everyone was waiting for like a 9.30 deadline one of the nights. Was that last night? It's all merged into one now, but or the night before. And I'm, I was shocked, I must be honest. I know there's always been talk of this, and we spoke about like, what was that project we spoke about a few months ago as well, we had Aaron on. Yeah, the big picture, that was it. So we knew they, they were greedy, the top six, let's be honest. And it's all about the owners, we know that. 
and it just shows it's pure greed and to do it in a pandemic where there's no fans it just shows how much cowards they are as well because they knew there'd be backlash I don't think they knew it'd be this much and I'm just glad that every single football fan in the country 98% whatever you want to say has really protected our game and protested and I think shout out to Gary Neville as well I feel like he's led the way a bit and he's an absolute legend and Bayliss when we were sort of seeing it drip fed a little bit on Sunday night I, I, it was something we thought was never going to happen but you know part way through a season like Harry said there during a global pandemic and then blaming a pandemic for the reason of doing it it's it's horribly opportunist isn't it in the way it's been formed and done and, and I'm glad it's coming apart at the seams as we speak I'm glad we're live on YouTube really because we can date and time this because it is falling apart as we speak um, I mean I'm disgusted the whole point of sport is competition that's why we love it. To take that away and form this oligarchy-style nonsense is a disgrace, really, to sport. And I really hope they're still all punished bad, heavily. And, Jack, it wasn't so much the idea of the Super League. It was the idea of it being a closed shop, wasn't it, that I think annoyed most people, really got the goat of everybody. It's the complete like audacity of the entire situation. And I think particularly from the... There's obviously this is sort of stemmed from you can say it's from letting foreign owners into football, letting money into football. But the problem is these clubs now, particularly like with the big American owners, are being run like a business. And we've only got four Champions League spots. You can like it or not, that's that's how many we've got. And you know, six teams who think they are the so-called big six. No, they're not called the top six anymore. <laughs> the reason they're not called the top six is because they aren't necessarily the top six. And that is what they don't like. They don't like the fact that their investment can be can be uh, sort of dampened or risked by Leicester, by West Ham, by Burnley, even by us to an extent, because we've had a taste of it as well. And they don't like risk. They don't want to risk. Their but that should be the point of an investment, shouldn't it? Well, if you well, invest in something, there is a there is an intrinsic risk to that investment. They are trying to close that shop. If you're coming from a background of like. American sport, where whether it's NFL, the major baseball league, whatever, where you've got franchises which can be moved from city to city whenever it is. And the more games you play, the more merchandise you sell, means you get a bigger share of the profits. And that's what you're going to want to turn it's, into. It, and it, it's, just... it's, it's more the fact that it's, it's actually coming from an investment banking perspective rather than an American sport perspective. That's what they've done. This is set up by an investment bank um, and run by people who are business people, not sport lovers. And they have seen an opportunity and it's JP Morgan Chase, isn't it? So they are one of the largest investment banks going. And what they have done is seen an opportunity to profit from something and have done what an investment bank done. Uh, they do. That's what they do in their day-to-day -day world. Sadly, they've realized they've done it to the wrong people and the people have backlashed and it's not going to happen, which is fantastic, fantastic result for people and not one for an investment banker, which I'm going to remain commentless on that. But it's, uh, I think it's the right result personally. Harry, when we look at the, the state of, of play at the moment and the teams involved, just going back to the very beginning of this, were you surprised by the clubs that had signed up to Not it? Not particularly, no, because we, we mentioned the owners earlier and I think all but one or two of them were American owners and you've mentioned the, the model of their sports. Um, Aaron, is it Cronke who, who brought a club in America and completely moved their location? Yeah. He bought the St. Louis Rams yeah. and moved into LA. And just moved. And if he can do something like that and have no like remorse or anything and not feel well, guilty, 
you know, I, I, it doesn't surprise me if someone like him wanted to do this. And you, the top six of, or usually are at the top six. The season weekend of seventh they were, but they're so, slowly starting to fall away, aren't they? Arsenal, Spurs, and like you say, they want to be guaranteed to be in European football every year because they want the money. It's as simple as that. The top of the game is all it about is... the money, and it's been it's coming ever since Roman Abramovich come in in the early in the early noughties. And you could probably argue when the the top division became the Premier League. The money has just become more important than the fans, and they've got no—they just got no remorse, have they? And it's terrible. So it didn't the, surprise the me too much. The economic principles, the economic principles of it are really simple. If you've got competition in a marketplace and you can't beat that competition, then try and take it away. Yeah. And that's what they've essentially tried to do. They've taken a real business view of it, which is disgusting for us. But that's what they do. That's what they're there to do. The problem also on the same side of it is that money, money's helped football massively. One, they don't care about people like us who've had season tickets most of our life. They want tourists to come over, don't they, and watch their games, buy all the merch and things like that, spend loads of money, get like a few tickets for their mates and uh, and make a day out of it. They'd rather have a ground full of tourists, wouldn't they, spending big money. But you have to remember, you have to remember 60,000 people paying 100 quid is nowhere near millions of people paying a fiver a time on your Amazon Prime. Hmm. They're not even comparable. They are not even close to comparable. And if you can continually draw those crowds of big numbers consistently at your five quid a time, you're making a hell of a lot more money. And that's all they care about. I think we can all agree, though, across the pandemic, you know, the last 12 months has probably accelerated a, a lot of things. And I think it's made us realise a lot of things, too, in that football really is nothing without fans. And, you know, we, we've spoken, I know how I have in the podcast over the course of the last 12 months, saying that I'm bored to death at some moments of the footballer and watching and not being entertained and that's purely down to fans not being in the ground now I'm not saying that every single game that I watched in a stadium or watched with a stadium full of fans was brilliant end-to-end and entertaining but it's so much better than what it is now and you can tell and the players feed off it as well I give you a little quote that's probably it's been well versed out over the last couple of days but I think it absolutely sums up sport brilliantly which is um, what is a club in any case not the buildings or the directors or the people who are paid to represent it it's not the television contracts the get out clauses the marketing departments or the executive boxes it's the noise the passion the feeling of belonging the pride in your city or town it's a small boy clambering up stadium steps for the very first time gripping his father's hand gawping at that hallowed stretch of turf beneath him and without being able to do anything about it falling in love that's football Imagine That's doing football. that at the Hawthorns. Imagine how good you'd be. Imagine how good you'd be. I'm very sorry. I've got to step away for three seconds to just go and move a cat. No right, okay. Well, we know expensive. A very, a very horribly cat. expensive cat. <laughs> um, I mean, as we talk about it, it does seem that the wheels are coming off. We're, we're seeing, you know, names like Ed Woodward falling on his sword. I know um, Andrea Agnelli at Juventus is, is about to do the same as well. Um, Harry, is this part of a big shake-up or is this part of a, a much bigger plan where they'll shock the footballing world with the idea of it, pull out and go again because it is harder to reshock? No, I, I think they've generally pulled out because they've succumbed to the pressure. They all Is it the ECB they all started to leave over the last few days too? So when they started doing that, I think that's when we knew it was kind of real. And I think they've they've just put, they've just had an absolute nightmare. They've just made a huge mistake, and I'm I'm quite surprised how the fans have got behind it all. So they must be too. And obviously, at the time of recording, Chelsea fans are outside protesting before their game. Chelsea pulled out. So no, I don't. I don't think they will try again. Maybe in about ten years or something. I don't know. But 
I think this is just huge for the game that the fans have managed to have their say and it's actually worked by the looks of it. It it shows something wonderful about football, doesn't it? That actually in so many facets of the world, the little people, the people without the money normally can't do a hell of a lot about it. And here we can and we we say we, the collective football fans on the whole across the world or this country at least can do something about it and have so quickly it's unbelievable i'm, I'm quite shocked I'm, at how quickly i was gonna say you're surprised it's happened i i was expecting yeah. that we were gonna have to be protesting in the street marched on the ground you know and you've, you've seen like quite mild scenes really due probably due to the pandemic that's probably why they announced it now is they knew that there, if there was crowds in the ground that game last night Leeds against liverpool would have been murder um and I'm surprised it's unraveled this quickly because I thought that, that we'd be fighting this for you know weeks and months ahead, legal challenges and all these sort of things. So it's 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 good that it seems like Chelsea were the first team to sort of see the light. And if I understand correctly, Chelsea and Man City were sort of last to the party and just joined because they feared they were going to miss out if they didn't sort of thing. But it's even it just shows how completely out of touch these boards and these owners are with the actual fan base to even consider it as an idea. And the whole audacity of the situation, the whole concept that Leicester City, whoever it is, could win the league. And well done, Leicester, you've won the league. You've been the best team in the country. Well done. You now get the, the honour of playing <laughs> Arsenal midweek twice <laughs> in European competition. Arsenal, who finished fucking 11th in the league in a dog shit. But they yeah. sell a lot of shirts and they got 60,000 in the Emirates every week. Honestly, just the absolute cheek of it in the first place. We should not forget it. And we should hold hold them accountable if necessary. Hundred uh, percent. It needs to be. I've I've gone through this. It needs to be a destruction of those six clubs for the next five years of their being. Teach them a lesson. If you want to do this to football, if you want to take the competition out of sport, do one. Absolutely do one. That's what sport's about. We don't go to Wolves to win every week. We know we will lose. We know we'll be shit. But when we're good, it makes it better. That's the point of sport. Like when we got into Europe, that's why when we went, like to, when we got into Europe, how good was that why, feeling? Yeah, that's why when we went to Europe, it meant so much more to us mm. than it does to them. Well, people actively try and avoid seventh normally, don't they? Because it, it is a ball ache to do the Thursday Sunday, as we we sort of realised. But Harry, what, what do you think should happen next? I mean, a, a bit of a two-part question, really, because I suppose. A, what do you think of the response to the UEFA Premier League EFA? Uh, and B, we'd, we, we've got to be talking about points deduction, some sort of penalties. Yeah, we? definitely. I mean, people have been quoting the rule book and things like that. So if they stick to the rules, they, they've got to be punished. But I've got a feeling they won't be. Because we saw earlier as well, they've, UEFA announced the new Champions League in like 24-25 season. And that's down to the top six clubs moaning all the time, saying you know they want more teams in it. They want more guarantees. So they've added a few little rules in. So if Arsenal do go a bit further down... They can get in because of their history in the competition. So they have pandered to the top six. So for them to do this as well and try and break away is mad. So they've got to be punished. But I've got a feeling they won't be. But it, And if they're not, it's absolutely shocking. The top six are, are just full of greed. And they've got to be brought down a peg or two. And the, all, the rest of the league have been voting on it too. And I think they want it to happen. We saw it when Man City broke the rules last time. You yeah. Let them off. The, pro- the, biggest problem, the biggest problem we've got here is that the people we need to pull through for us have been the shit houses of the last twenty years, yeah, the Premier League, yeah. and now and now we're relying on them to help the fans. And if there's anyone that I can't put my faith in, it's UEFA and FIFA and the Premier League. Mm. 
they've had disaster after disaster and they might come out of this smelling of roses which is really funny really when you think about it think they about have it. only ever had financial arguments around uefa and i mean well let's not talk about racism now but it's been appalling how they've dealt with that but in terms of finance, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But the one thing that I think they've respected, and I think Sky falls into that bracket as well, is that they didn't underestimate the passion within the game. Yeah, they've made it more expensive to do it, but that's 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 market forces versus culture. I disagree a little bit. My point is, right, all this really is, is the shithouses with more money have outdone the shithouses with a lot of money. And that's essentially what this is. Sky don't like this. Their pundits don't like this. UEFA don't like this. FIFA don't like this. The Premier don't like this. Just because they've been one-upped. Now, we all agree the ESL is a horrible, disgusting idea. But the reason reaction's been so quick from the likes of UEFA, FIFA and the Premier League is only because they've been done over. Yeah, but Bayliss, can you, could, can you blame could you blame it on them? Because they let them in to own the clubs. I know recently Newcastle had like an absolute quadrillionaire try and take over and the top six clubs didn't like it. Moaned to the Premier League, so they didn't let him get took over. I can't remember exactly the company. It's was, one of my but... points to. It's one of my points to save football. Yeah, but, what, but like, it's kind of like you let these owners in, so it's kind of the Premier League's fault too. They've let these massive billionaire owners in from America and God knows where, and now the, it's come back to bite the them the on the ass a bit. Those. So they've got to clamp down now, haven't they? They've made a little bit of a mistake letting them yeah, in, yeah, of course, and now clamp down on them and say, don't do anything but, like this. But again. I think they've got to let them in. We've we've got to have them because. Football in Europe has to remain the best football in competition. And to do that, sadly, it needs it needs the most money. And as long as we're keeping competition in it, clearly the fans are quite happy about that. Yeah, there are some things to quabble about. You know, we could all argue about there's too much corporate in stadiums. The fans are losing it. The atmospheres are going. We need to reduce that. Yeah, but we do need the money in football to keep the European game being the best form of football. Uh, um, because it can easily it can easily fuck off to America or to China. I'm sorry. They aren't going to stop I it. I don't know if Sam was going to ask this anyway. He probably was up, but we've spoke about it. Do you think if we'd have got invited before all the backlash and that, that Wolves would have accepted it? Because I, I think we'd have considered it and I think we would have. It, it's probably controversial Both to say. An investment yeah, vehicle. I think we would have. I really do. I think. Is it available I for think. hire, Harry and Bayless? Your time machine to when Fosun would release any sort of statement regarding that, is it? Is it available? Well, I'm just saying, man. I think if you look at the reasons for their ownership and the statements they've made in the past about how they own Wolves and how they operate as a business and the businesses they buy and the markets they deal in and the investment structures that they deal in, you would have to suggest they'd probably... Better considered it at least. Better considered it at least. The good good thing is they've made a statement now, haven't they? Which was very... It was a very good statement, actually. I'm sure a lot of you have already probably read it. But it's kind of like... um, tie their hands just in case we do progress into a football superpower in the next 15 20 years because they've basically said how against good. it they were that's good yeah. brought into the history and all, and all this sort of stuff so hopefully it knocks it on the head for now i mean the worry is is this just you know were they planning for this that they, they must have thought, knew this was known this was going to happen maybe not with the backlash they were quite expecting but is this one of the things where okay they've tried once They'll try again in a couple of years. It's the re-shock thing, isn't it? It's it's difficult to re-shock people because it has to be worse and worse every time because you just get used to the the new normal, don't you, really? Um, Go on, Bayliss. It's very hard to to close the stable door after the horse has bolted, though. Remember that. Did any of you... I know I did. Did any of you you think what it would actually be like if it happened? Because I did start to think 
well, maybe the Premier League will go on without them. The wages and the transfers might go down a bit. We might get a little bit more reality back with our game. Obviously, it might have affected the quality of the game a bit, but I kind of started to off. think, do you know what? I probably wouldn't mind it too much because I'm fed up with the greedy big six anyway. I'm glad it's not it was happening the opportunity now. opportunity for but... the great reset, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. That's what it was. Yeah. I think we'd I think we'd eventually made the most of it, and that's because of you know because we honour the history and real we're the real fans. And I, I think I said this on the group is like if they want to go, let them go. Start Phoenix clubs for Liverpool, AFC Liverpool, AFC Tottenham, whatever it might be, and we'll play with our people. Yeah, and like and... I am. Um... I've only been to the Emirates and Anfield recently. I know Bayless and Jackie went to the new Spurs stadium last year. For me, every time I go to one of the big six teams, even Old Trafford as well, we went there a few years ago, it is like a library, isn't it? Because there's so many tourists there. And I feel like Molyneux, the other clubs that are outside the top six, you go to their grounds and it's class. It's still got the core of the the fans there. I've been going for years. You sing the songs and that. And that's why I was kind of a bit like, well, they're all full of tourists anyway. Let them go and let's try and get the Spurs old. Spurs was back. better than Arsenal. Arsenal, Arsenal is the yeah, worst man, stadium it's in terrible for tourists yeah. by a distance. It's a crap stadium. It, it was built at the wrong time. It's architecturally disgusting. It doesn't fit very well. You're climbing up horrible concrete dead staircases to get anywhere. The concourses aren't great. The fans are shit. It's cost effective, isn't it? It was very very well done because it was built at the same time pretty much as Wembley, wasn't it? And when you look at Wembley and and how over budget it was, but you know. Arsenal managed to, to deliver a, a stadium. If, if you wish to have a discussion about architects and the ability to use a functional building for value, we'll be sat here a very long time. We won't. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I can promise McGregor, you it's a shit stadium. Conor McGregor's tweeted to say, hey guys, I'm thinking about buying Manchester United. What do you think? Uh, so, <laughs> no, 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 he could probably afford it, the amount of money he's made of whiskey. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, Bayliss, I want to go ahead with your plan to say football. I mean, I don't know if it's slightly outdated now, but I'm going to open the floor to you anyway. Well, yeah, I just was pondering. Anyone called Tomato is banned. <laughs> banned. This, this is where I got to from my pondering, mostly whilst having a poo. This was about it was about fifteen, twenty minutes over lunch and I thought they all made sense. Thirty percent of all profits made by clubs, excluding the transfers to stop any jiggery pokery of the numbers, is to be pulled and distributed with fixed amounts between teams at each tier. There'll be a wage cap of two hundred K a week agreed by all FIFA members. Countries that don't comply, but then have players who choose to play in those leagues can't take place in World Cups or European fixtures, you know, African Nations Cup, etc. Mm. The FA Cup becomes a Champions League spot. Same for all UEFA nations and their respective cups. The reformed Champions League, the major nations, which the UK, Germany, Spain and Italy, all get one more place in the Champions League. Any prize money from European tournaments goes straight to grassroots football in those respective countries. And then because of what's happened here, the top six that have done it adopt 30 points for this season and the following two seasons mm. the six are Im- remi- immediately removed from their current season's competitions and whoever they beat to get through to those stages of competitions do a playoff to get those places those six are then banned from all UEFA competitions for the following five years owners of clubs now have to be reviewed on a five-year basis and they can't hold a club for ransom if they aren't running a club successfully or correctly an independent body can decide to remove them and their club can only be put on the market for that independent for an independent valuation mm. price 
by the an independent valuation. So they can't hold a club to ransom. Yeah, Bayless, just off the back of something like that. I like the German. The Germans pretty much said they weren't in straight away, didn't they? And haven't they got a rule where their their clubs are got to be at least owned by fifty one percent, fifty plus. At least owned by they don't try and take over Europe anymore. That's their rule. Yeah, one but rule. like fifty one percent of the fans have got to own tried, their club. They tried twice and it didn't go very well. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I know Boris has come out. Yeah, you sit your hero, Boris, and I think he's spoke about doing something like that for England or trying to. you never get it through. Think, like, but... Hang on, let Harry. Finish. I think. Yeah. No, go on. That's it. No, I got what you're saying. I think a club should still be able to be owned by an owner, no problem. But I think there needs to be an independent mechanism within the bodies that run the governance of football to deem them worthy of what they're doing. We've seen it with Cholton. They've had a torrid time. I've got mates that are Cholton fans that just hate the owners. Newcastle trying to get these Saudi diplomat killers in charge. It just needs a bit of consideration by the people that actually govern (laughs) football. It shouldn't be a government thing. Mm. You just need to make sure that people that own those football clubs are, are right and proper to do so. The fans, yes, of course you'd have a say in your club and, the, and it should be respected. But forcing fans to have to run it might discourage the investment you need for your club to succeed. It's getting above our level of intellect and knowledge, I think, now in these sorts of things. But a lot of people do admire the German model, yeah. And you've just got to say fair play to Munich, Dortmund, PSG for sort of not just going along with it for the sake of being left out, which is kind mm. of what Man City and Chelsea see, appear to have done. So, fair play to that. I mean, the other aspect that it was a really difficult situation for the players to be in, albeit just for 48 hours, because I wonder what they must have been thinking. And with all these things being flown around about, oh, you know, you could throw them out of the Premier League, throw them out of, you know, international competition that's in the FIFA World Cup, all these sorts of things. And I wonder if there'd have been a backlash. Do you think players would have actually gone and wanted to play in it? And would would you have had top players coming out and making a stand and saying... No, I don't want to play in that. I'd yeah, I'll just go and play for. Yeah, Milner yeah, did straight away. Um, obviously, it was it Herrera was one of the first. I think he was at PSG. But I think the the big the threat of him not being able to play in the World Cup and Euros would have been a huge one for like someone like Harry Kane and you know would he have wanted to go with Spurs if he couldn't play for England, for example? But it, it'd have been interesting to see if it had gone on longer because obviously at time recording it's starting to crumble and everyone's starting to back out, but. If it, if they would have put their foot down and said no, we're doing it, and then would would UEFA and and, and etc. actually have stood tall and set you know actually ban the players, the superstars, because they need the superstars in the major tournaments for get people the worldwide to watch, don't they? So it'd have been interesting to see. I think the players would have boycotted. I think the players would have boycotted. There was so much we saw yes in one day in a few hours on Twitter. The amount of players that were apart from Carl Henry, he was really for it, wasn't he? <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Maybe, maybe like a lot of them would have, a lot of them would have boycotted and then they're in a situation where they've got to play. Jesus we did say though, at least Connor Cody would have started at the Euros, wouldn't he? He'd been straight in that defence for about the top <laughs> six boys there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is, is that a good thing? I don't know. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it would have been interesting to see how it develops, but it it is good obviously that it's been knocked on the head pretty quickly because I don't think the players would have really wanted it and it's nice that some of them like you say I saw the Milner interview last night and the man just didn't want it either did they you could tell the man just didn't want it but they were and the disgraceful thing is that they weren't consulted and they just they've just pulled this out of the bag without even talking mm. to the managers talking to the players talking to the FA to be fair to the FA I think they've said everything right in the last 48 hours they've they've come out straight away said they're against it there's not much more they could have done to sort of shoot it down straight away 
Um, but the fact that this is kind of like a, there's a global pandemic on and they're all having secret meetings to try and determine how they can, it's basically mm. a recycle of Project Big Picture, isn't it? A few months later, how they're trying to exploit this pandemic, not for the greater good of football, because it's bollocks if you think it's the greater good of football. I mean, come on. You think you're telling me that money's going to trickle down the tree, is it not? Trickle down economics doesn't work. So it's for their own their own filthy pockets, really. And it's quite it's quite disgraceful. And if I was I'm not saying obviously Wolves are perfect, but if I was a fan of any of those those big clubs, I'd want the owners out straight away. Change of ownership. If it if it had come to it, man, if it had come to it and they were gonna take us into that league, I'd rather see Molyneux burn to the ground and we mm. rebuild it brick by brick than it be used for that. It's a tough one though. Where you you punish the fans that clearly don't want it. Even though I've said ruin them for five years, it does punish the fans a lot, and it isn't the fans' fault. And there's nothing we can do. There's nothing you, I, you, there's I, nothing I mean, we you can saying, do to stop saying, people in India, China, wherever the hell they are, following a football team. And they should have the right to follow a football team. It's the it's the owners and the people that have put this together that are the issue. Yeah, the, the tough thing is as well, if it would have gone ahead and we'd have all been like, right, let's protest, let's boycott the grounds. I know it used to be on closed doors anyway now, but... It'd been so hard for a lot of fans to do because it's their life, isn't it? I think a lot of fans would have just continued going. We've seen protests try and happen before and they've failed. And the only one I can remember working really is remember when Liverpool did it for the ticket prices when they walked out the top of the stand. It was like 70 quid a ticket or something. But it had just been interesting to see. But it's so hard to ask a fan who's been going for 40 years to just like either get, not get a season ticket because you know someone else will probably end up buying it who wants it or buy the season ticket and just not turn up or something like that so it'd have been tough at the same time that you know we went to a few European mm. away days and they were great and it was brilliant but do you think the average person can afford no. to just do that every, no. every you, week you, that's where the tourists come in Jack that's when it's going to be dead because they'll probably um, eventually wanted to get the but, games played yeah. on a neutral venue like in America or something so, to get their them fans to watch you know what I mean it wouldn't have just been at Anfield or at the Bernabeu or whatever they'd have tried to get neutral grounds and take it everywhere and they'd have tried to do yeah so the, here you go here you yeah. go you've got at 2am to, to, to get the Shanghai American fans in prime time or whatever United versus and it's yeah, that that was it. The, the biggest problem is is that it's complete supply and demand economics. That it, there is only forty thousand people that can get in that stadium. If someone's currently paying thirty quid and someone's going to pay forty quid, they'll do it. And there's no way yeah. to prevent it other than you say to existing season ticket holders, you can renew first, and we'll, make, you know, the Premier League say right, we're going to cap the price at seven hundred quid or five hundred quid or whatever it is. Tourists aren't going to buy season tickets. No, that's going to no, that's the only way to stop it. That's but, the only way to stop it. I'm saying none of them would have done this if they weren't confident that they could sell out their basically their whole ground week after week, even if they got rid of all the season ticket holders tomorrow. And, and broadcast right. Say if they say if they just said to like sod Sky and BT, let's make our own thing, let's make our own app, and we can charge. If the twelve clubs are the ones who founded it and owned it, they can yeah, like, yeah, for, to watch to watch this, we're we having our own app, and, and the fans who exactly. want to watch it can pay. And then, we discussed and this, Harry. Yeah. Well, I think somebody said, and ago. then you'll get Shakira doing the halftime show. You can watch Jake Paul fight a chimpanzee after, and then you can <laughs> twenty pounds a month for the privilege, and you'll just completely do them all over. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, so, uh, I, just just to round it off, do you, do you think it just shows that 
huge disparity that there is between the culture of sport in Europe and the culture of sport over in America. So we, we've watched live sport in both places and, and both of a top standard. And we've watched derby games in both countries as well. And A, we were able to get tickets for the derby game over in America. And, you know, we're there trying to start chants and like, <laughs> like proper chants, not like yeah. we think we're going to win or <laughs> let's go Rapids, let's go. Yeah, let's you know, go. Not absolute piss poor foam fingered shite like that but do you think that's just where the difference is is that it, it it's not just about selling a shirt it's actually being proud of the badge that's on it yeah. sorry i know i know i've spoken a lot but I, I do actually feel quite passionate about all this um it's because there isn't the community connection to sport as what we have they're fran- they are franchises everyone in america knows they are franchises we could fit all the teams we've got in the 92 EFL clubs into a state the size of fucking Florida. You know, it really is tribal to us. It is where you're from. It's what you do. And the people that are ruining it are the people that don't support the teams of where they're from and, and what they do. Mm. And that's the issue. Whereas in America, no one cares if you support the St. Louis Rams or the LA Rams. There's no issue. You know, look, at, we even had the uproar when MK Dons became from Wimbledon. Mm. And that was a tiny club in a lower league. They don't, they don't get the passion and what sport really means to us because our clubs are hundreds of years old. It's as old as their country. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We've, we've, got, we've got doorknobs in our houses old, that's older than their entire country. They just don't get it. They don't get traditionalism because they haven't got it. Created by the yeah. poor, stolen by the rich. I think that's the best quote I saw. The thing is, without the rich, we wouldn't have what we have today and that's mm. the issue. We wouldn't have football as we know um, today. We wouldn't have gone to Barcelona and stood in a square and drank beer with our mates and had the best time of our lives without the rich buggers that funded Very true. Just another thing. Sorry, just another thing. Do you know they said they're going to invite five five other teams to join them if it did happen? If they would have made it, so, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you could get promoted to it if you won the Premier League without them in it and then... But obviously the founders can't get relegated. So I don't really know how it would work. Would you have been for it then? We'd have been like the championship, basically. No. I still probably wouldn't have. No. It's, no like, I, don't, I, I think that whole five extra teams thing was just an afterthought to try and get rid of the, oh, oh you know, you, you can come and play with us. As well. What's yeah. the difference? <laughs> That's what I didn't get about that. Because wouldn't it just get exponentially bigger as time went on? Because it's like, well, well, there's no relegation, but you're actually not invited next season. I mean, what's the difference between that and relegation? Yeah, Exactly, and say if they invited five teams in and just for argument's sake, those five teams got in the top five of the Super League, the bottom 15 teams are the founders or the bottom 12 can't be relegated. They're the founders, they're not allowed to leave. So then the top five would have to get get, get, get yeah, kicked out it. and let someone else in. It would just be different teams next year. And maybe you're touching on like what you said there. Maybe eventually they'll say, okay, we we don't. There's no criteria. We just invite five teams. Yeah, here, into Miami teams. and all that. We'll have LA Galaxy this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have Shanghai from Australia. Yeah. You know, and, and these sorts of things, and and eventually it's just building the the whole league as as you know as a brand rather than any sort of footballing merit because you've only got five places and you know Portuguese teams have won Europe. You've won European cups. Scottish teams have won European cups. You know. Places like Turkey are always there. There are other big teams that are just not in the big five leagues. Ajax are a great. They have won a European well. Cup. They haven't won the Champions League. Oh, that's, 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 I, 
I, that's why I just, just they won the least to sixes that day. Like to even think, but but mate, you know, there's all these big clubs with big history, yeah. and how do you allocate five places to that? Do we have to do we have to do a tournament amongst ourselves to then get into the Super League for a year and then get removed even if we win it the next year? It's just it the whole thing just stinks and it's just completely flawed. From top to bottom. Yeah, and it was just it, it was it was the arrogance of them as well in their rules. They were just like, yeah, this is our new Wednesday like midweek thing. We're still gonna be in the Premier League, by the way. Just them thinking that there'd be no issue like the Premier League. Like, yeah, go on then, <laughs> no problem, lads. Yeah, because oh, could... Premier League needs us. Without us, there's no Premier League. And I tell you what, there would have been a Premier League without them, and we'd have all still gone. We'd have all still watched it, and we'd have probably enjoyed it more. And that's the thing they don't quite get is that these clubs, they've not been the big six forever. They could fall off their perch. It's happened to teams in the past. Look at Sunderland. Look at what's happened. You know, Newcastle, Leeds, us. We've all been down and then come back up. And that can happen again. And it, you know, it would the be thing is, funny if it do did. you think they've taken their model from their money, other sports that have become popular around the world and not America as well? Because it's all forming an oligarchy, which is what they've done, has been done really well in India where there are a lot of football fans with the cricket and it's making a lot of money and it's getting a lot of viewers and it but they get a lot of viewers for football but they get a lot of viewers for football as do China not for the cricket but China it, is it just purely this let's take the foreign market that makes the money and bugger the fans I don't know because the Chinese Super League didn't work at all did it you know it all crumbled you're paying players half a million pounds a week yeah but they yeah but they couldn't through money so what how do you attract the best players it's through the best A competition and B the emotional culture that's attached to it and if you haven't got that you can't build it in five minutes but that's about it being a competition isn't it yeah but it's because we have the best competition that's why we've got it you know the Chinese Super League doesn't work because you've got Hulk on Half a million pounds, great. Let's turn into watch him playing with fucking awful on twenty p a week. So, yeah, great. Like, fantastic analogy. Fantastic. And that's and that's why we need the money. That's why we need the money in the European game to stop the Chinese and the Americans doing it. That's no, why I just really said it's not about this. them. It's not about the money, though, is yes, it? It's it is. About, yeah, it is. It's, it's about it the is. culture and the competition. That's the whole point. It's not about the money. They've tried it with the money. It failed. The the players can be bought. But they, they won't haven't be. Been, they weren't. Got, no if they've got the competition, and to keep the competition strong, you need the money. But this super league's not really a competition, is it? Because it's just you just stay there. That's why. No that's why yeah, that's why. That's why it's such a horrible idea. But we're now talking yeah. about why foreign leagues haven't been as successful as they could or should have been. It's just like and well, like when Aaron said to us on when he said in the NBA because they get the draft picks and the worst teams get the best players. Weren't some teams stalling towards the end to try and be worse? Yeah, so they get a better pick next year. Imagine if it ended up like that, the Super League. The thing draft. is, though, if, if, if you're the best baseball player or basketballer in the world and you go, I don't really fancy playing for a crap league and being the first pick, where the hell are you going to go in the world? Uh, honestly, the American sport is so atrocious. It's about as good as their fan base. It's just, it just <laughs> isn't there, is it? No one is interested around the world in American sports. If you call it the World Series, only American teams take part. You know, <laughs> That's because named one... after a newspaper. Okay, well, the one the one thing that I didn't get either was that they can't even come to a decision on what to call it. They don't even call it football. That's the biggest atrocity, I think, is that, you know, you don't even call it the same thing. How the hell do you expect to, to build I think, I think that's also of... a misnomer, Sam. I think the original rules of football called it soccer. I hate to, be, I hate to poo on your parade. 
Well, they don't call it soccer now. They? That's my point. No, they don't now. I'm just no, saying. no. And and if you're talking about 1860, then you'll have to forgive me. Also, when football was founded, it was a close club. I know that we're going. We are going into some ridiculous sidewinders here. Professionally, I'm sure. Well, they wanted to. They wanted to stop professionals. That was the whole point of the um, original point of the there old Rovians and Etonians that set up football to start with. 150 quid each for NFL shot. tickets. That says it all, doesn't it? That's what the Americans want to do. They'd have probably put the bloody match day tickets to the Super League up to that as well for the tourists oh, to go and watch. It's, it's what Dan said earlier. It's, it's like cool. supply and demand. If you can, if you can yeah. sell them, and that's what they want to do, particularly if you that... can take it to Asia and sell them. How many yeah. teams are in the NFL? There's two conferences in there. Is there like 12 in each conference or something? Right, like and there's 330 yeah. million people in America, and there's 24 teams. So, of course, they're going to sell out. You charge what you want. That's, that is literally supply and demand. And also, you know, it's, yeah. actually, I suppose it's very different with because a lot of um, American sports fans, they don't necessarily go to every game. They go to a game once or twice a year. I think. And also, their second tier is as popular. Their second tier, their college sport, is as popular. That's the other thing. You'll get more people go and watch Ohio State in an NFL in a in their um, football match. Call it football football match than you would at an NFL game. Their stadium holds like ninety thousand. Oh, no, didn't you do that tailgating? Hungry like a wolf. Just put in the YouTube comments. <laughs> when you call it tailgating, basically we oh, we took all the free that. beer that they had on offer, ate some barbecue and some pizza, and then disgraced ourselves. <laughs> We did, yeah. I mean, uh, Jack covered me with water, or vice versa, when we were trying to do a TV interview for Rapids TV. I think when we were, when see Jack yeah. Price play, but it was um, about forty degrees. Let's leave the Super League alone, like um, all of the founding members seem to be doing now, and we'll turn our attentions to the latest Premier League action uh, that Wolves are part of. And I'm going to pass you over to Harry now because I told you, told you last week. I said I'm going out. <laughs> On a Saturday, tables booked, so I'm not going to be able to watch the game because I'm. Did you not watch it? Hammered. No, of course I... didn't, Harry, because we played garden cricket for about ten minutes, Damn. and in that time, I managed to roll down the hill about five times, was, and I've got was... the I've got the the war wounds to to prove it. I, I, I witnessed it. He was drinking Peroni like it was squash. I've never quite seen anything like it. And, and I, were you in bed by about quarter past eight? In the end, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in bed for kickoff. Uh, I'll be honest, Sam, you didn't miss much because I watched it with my dad. Um, we'd been to the pub in the day too. And it was the first half. Oh my God, it was tedious. I mean, the starting lineup for a start, as soon as I saw, saw we were five at the back, I was just like, oh, I just slouched in my seat. I was like, here we go. We know what's coming now. And I said to now on the podcast last week, I know Jack and Bailey's predicted 1 0. I said, if we go five at the back, it probably will be 1 0 Wolves. But when we did go 1 0 up, I thought Sheffield United easily could have equalised. We kind of hung on a little bit. Patricio pulled off a good save and very, very boring, but we got the job done. It's two 1-0 wins in a row. We're completely safe and just tedious to watch, wasn't it? It really was. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got very little positive to say. It was just yeah. boring. It was poor. Poor football as well. We, we, made a good, we made a bad team look a lot better than they are. I think they had to be... Sheffield United fans, be, mm. you know, they were probably due a, good for a point, really. I know when you watch a few of the highlights back, it looked like we had the better chances, but you know they. It was, first it was goal for Jose though. That's that's a huge yeah. goal for him, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think he deserved it as well after the one being ruled out. Yeah. the other the other week and good play all round. I mean, sorry, my delivery's just arrived. No, that's all right. Uh, oh no, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm gutted. Uh, Bailey's is uh, getting to, going to get that because I was about to mention Samedo. But yeah, the the Samedo block and then to start off the attack, the counter attack, and again Traore with the assist. Is that a goal and two assists in his last three? So there's a positive. 
I literally, after the West Ham game, said I never want to see William Jose get a chance again. I want it to be Fabio Silva. So I look silly now because he's basically scored two in the last two games since I said that. And I think he's all of a sudden he's flipped yeah. it on its head and made me look stupid because he probably is the nailed on starter now. And he took his goal well and fair play to him because he hasn't been doing that, has he? I think we've got to just talk about Semedo just as Dan's coming back. Because that. Um, yeah. that block, that we, which eventually led to the goal, really. Sheffield United had a chance to to really go in front and put us up against it. And uh, But, you know, that, that block started the whole move, which was a great counter Bayless reckons. Uh, yeah, do you want to Give us your uh, thoughts. What do you think he was man of the match? Uh, it's think? not far off, really. <laughs> Sheffield. I thought he had a very good game. I would have personally given it to Adama. I thought he was just a bit better. But I thought did think Semedo had a very good game. But no. Well, well by by previous logic, because he was the by difference. Previous logic, the man of the match has to be William Jose. No, I think Traore caused them more problems. And he, I'm just yeah, I'm just using my own arguments back at but you. No, Imi out, Imi out. I'm doing. Traore after the good pass from Silva last week. Traore made the run and scored the goal. But I think he he made enough runs in that game and created enough opportunities without end result. And then did it again for the goal and got the cross in for the goal that I'm giving it to Traore. But I also think Semedo is very good. What I disagree with is the fact that social media are now hailing him as the greatest right back of all time. Lord of the right backs. Give him the Ballon d'Or against Sheffield United, the lowest goal scoring team in the Premier League of all time. Look, Bayliss, ignore the opposition. Yeah. He had a good game well, he did, he and I'm well, giving it him. Two that's, man of the match performances. You're, 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 always, you're always criticising for like, oh, yeah, but he's. He, he lets himself down. I'm not down. criticising him. No, you say he lets himself down in the game-changing moments, but then you take the piss. Because that's a game-changing moment, that is. If he doesn't get that block in, we're 1-0 down. Super, I'm not knocking it. I'm saying he had a good game. But this doesn't make him the greatest yeah. player thing since sliced bread. But Yeah, bad, I, bad, I, I do agree with the comment there. We made Sheffield United look like Real Madrid, yeah. which is kind of what we do. I'll tell you who wasn't on the opposite thing. side of the spectrum, yeah, and but... I'm a bit worried about him. Pedence. He had a bad game, and then after the game, I think he's dog-died. Don't quote me on that. I hope, I hope that's right. But he was really down on social media after the, after and that, and I don't know what's going on with him. Mm. He's he's been it a lot lately, and he he's um, yeah. I, firstly, I'm not convinced he's fully fit. If we're just talking purely about football since he came back, I don't think he is. But I, Instagram, I don't see yeah. much of it. But I know he's been he's been on social media a lot, and he posting various stuff and some of it obviously about the Super League and but other stuff too I mean you probably see mm. more than me Harry but yeah I've got to say hungry like the Wolves comment about playing teams in relegation zone now is dangerous I agree but um, Sheffield United were gone They, if they hadn't lost to us this week they were going next week I think the likes of your Albions Fulham's Newcastle's Burnley's Brighton's are dangerous to, you know the ones we've got to play uh, the dangerous ones to play mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a big three points, though, in the grand scheme of things, because, you know, it, it not only makes us feel a little better, it sort of actually makes us think we're looking up the table rather than sort of behind ourselves, Harry. And obviously with the Super League fallout, I think there's going to maybe be a little bit of a get out because they never played a game in the Super League. So they probably can't be punished because they haven't actually technically broken any rules. It was just an intent. But you never know. And like Dan says, you know, you've got to play some teams that are not really performed this season. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's a big time. We said it last week because I pretty much thought we were safe, but Nuno obviously disagreed and wanted to completely make sure by beating Sheffield United. But let's experiment a bit. Vitinha gives White. We sound like a broken record, but he's got it really, hasn't he? Let's let's mix it up. Let's give him a go and hope he does. And I, I honestly want to see us play four at the back again, just for entertainment purposes towards the end of the season. 
give us a bit of entertainment, please, Nuno. <laughs> look, 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 looking at the table as it is now, though, and the fact that there's four-point gap between us and Palace and three points between us and Villa, Villa with two games in hand, I'll be shocked if we are in 12th now and don't just finish 12th. I think, I think that's it now. I think that's pretty much us done. And I, I'll be... I'll be shocked either way if we go up or down and don't finish 12th now from where it is. Even though we've got a few favourable fixtures to come, I think that's that's us for our season. And with the injuries now, that's that's fine, considering we've basically got 11 first-team players and that's it. And we can actually have a proper re- pre-season and rebuild in the, in the summer. I think, you know, I'm, I'm content with that now. Let's just get this season out of the way. We've, hopefully we've killed the Super League in the last hour or so and that started to fall apart and then we can just go again next season can't we um i was going to say is there a man of the match out there aside from <laughs> i mean we were saying tomato i mean dan it might feels start. it feels a lot like last week's podcast doesn't it when yeah. we were speaking about the fulham game i'm gonna to say tomato i am i think i don't know if I, you can accuse me of just concentrating on him a lot because we always argue about him but he did have a good game and because he was so poor at the start of the season, it is just good to see him getting a bit better. Yes, he's playing teams in the bottom five, but if it was, he created that goal for me. Great little start of the counter attack, and I'm going to give it Samedo again twice in a row. Jack, yeah, I'll go with Samedo, but let's be honest, uh, I, I sort of take Dan's point that he's doing against Sheffield United on a, on a day where the rest of the team are mostly below average, so. Again, I will reiterate, just for the point of the tape, Semedo had a very good game. But personally, I think the attacking runs that Traore made and the set for the goal warranted a man of the match performance. Perfect. Okay. Um, Well, we may as well move on to uh, attention then this weekend. It's going to be against Burnley. And Harry, a little bit of payback, we hope, don't we? Yeah. Um, God, thinking back to that game, it was terrible, wasn't it, at their place? So, definitely. And it's always a tough game. We know. We know all the cliches. There'll be 4-4-2 organised. And I just want to see us match them, really. I want to see us go four at the back. Not 4-4-2, but four at the back and try and attack them. Try and get an early goal, which we won't. We'll probably be nil-nil at half-time. And I hope it's more entertaining. 12 o'clock on a Sunday, and I believe it's on the BBC, I think. I think we spoke about that, didn't we, off air? And and I don't know. Will we be entertained? Probably not. I just want to see a good performance and an attacking football. Now we're pretty much saving. Hopefully a win on top of that. We've had the two grind-out 1-0s now. Now we want the entertainment, please. Just a little bit, please. I mean, it's it was one of those games, wasn't it, early on in the season, Jack? But, I mean, Burnley have really fallen by the wayside, haven't they? I mean, I think they're only six points ahead of Fulham. I mean, it, they'll probably be okay because Fulham have played a game more, but it, it's still squeaky bum time for them, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I, again, I will be shocked if the um, the bottom three changes as well, really, considering I know we saw Fulham's run of fixtures. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. And it's very difficult now. I know Albion have sort of got hopes after back-to-back wins that they might be able to to pull some miracle together. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. It's the games against Burnley, and they just they don't sort of in, recently in the Premier League. They're not the best, are they? They don't sort no. of bring back the best memories. They were better under Mick McCarthy, I think, weren't they? Against? <laughs> I, think, I think back to just again when we were chasing Champions League football or European Super League football last season, and. Doherty handballs it in, in their box in the last minute. In our box in the last minute. <laughs> um, so I'm not expecting it. Given the last couple of performances as well, granted we, we put the wins together, I'm not expecting anything spectacular here, to be honest. And I think it's going to be another boring game, low scoring, and it could 
be 1-0 either way. I won't be shocked. Bayliss, what are your thoughts? Is it just a chance to maybe even catch Villa? That'd be nice. It's unlikely, but it'd be nice. Uh, to be honest, there's been so much going through my head regarding football this week. I haven't really thought too much about them. Yeah, same. No, same. Uh, same. Yeah. We, we, we normally don't perform that well against them, do we? We beat them at home 1-0 the year before last. Yeah, we've had a few 1-1s, nice. haven't we? So, I don't know. Just an entertaining performance to do me because Sheffield United was bloody dire when you think about it. It was. I mean, you say about catching Villa, though. They've got Man City on Wednesday evening with three points behind them. And um, if they do lose to Manchester City, they'd have a game in hand. So it's all to play I for. Like, it, that one, isn't I it? like Hungry Like the Wolf said on YouTube there, where the executioners. <laughs> we relegated Sheffield. <laughs> we took Fulham's last hope. And fingers crossed, we relegate the Albion in a couple of weeks. That'd be Can nice. Still, oh. Is that still possible? So they've gone on that little yeah. run now. Who've, who've, they got the week, who've they got the weekend? I don't think it's possible to mathematically relegate them. Well, I don't know. It I think it be, is. Might... They need to be twelve. They need to have 12, 12 or thirteen point difference, don't but they? When also, we play, them. but also that depends on teams like Burnley because they they mm. need to get the points to make the gap bigger, doesn't it? I don't. I don't know. No, but, but West Brom have played thirty-one games and they're on twenty-four points, and Burnley in seventeenth have got thirty-three points and have played thirty-two games. So Albion have played a, a game nine few nine more. points. Yeah, we can't technically do it. I don't know. Damn. Maybe there is some way. I'm They'll probably do the double there. over us then. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's that. an almost certainty as well that they're going to beat us twice to get relegated. We'd need see. we'd need Burnley to beat us, Brighton to win, Newcastle to win, and West Brom to lose to make it even close to possible. I think. That I don't sound think it ridiculous. Is. So do we want do we want Burnley to beat us? Then is that what you're saying, Sunday? No, I don't care. I don't care what happens. Just beat beat the Albion, please. I can't break my foot there, again. Yeah. I can't break my foot again on the sofa. Are you sure you didn't kick a cat? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what you kick, did? Yeah, broke kick a cat. cat I didn't did, you? If I kicked a cat, I wouldn't break my foot, would I? Oh, that depends how hard you kicked it, I suppose. <laughs> right, I'm gonna go and eat. I'm gonna go and eat my takeaway. Hang on, wait. You can't just leave in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you bit, then, you? I'm starving here. Well, no, we'll, we'll give you five more one. minutes. Five right. more minutes. Five more minutes. Um, <laughs> we'll do a score, score prediction starting with Harry. Uh, one nil Burnley. Just drag uh, it out, Harry. Drag it out, Harry. <laughs> Jack, can you name oh, the starting elevens for the last five games against Burnley? Probably. No, Jack. Score prediction. Oh, something rubbish like two one Burnley. Uh, Bayless, two all draw. Two all draw. Better not, uh, Bayless. <laughs> let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. We'll start with the ticket news this week. Oh. Um, <laughs> what ticket news? I don't, like, Go on, Ben. I'm Dan, totally joking. Dan, Dan usually, for for context, Dan's usually the, the person who like rushes us to start the podcast, and now he's rushing us to finish the podcast, but during the podcast going on, which is a new, <laughs> yeah. a new um, the 53 so, minutes we've been talking, Dan's been speaking 50 minutes. We can't edit guy, a live video. He's the guy who turn, turns up 15 minutes late and then says, come on, guys, why haven't we started yet? It's basically what he does. <laughs> that is, that is so true. And, so, and he, knows, he knows it. I've been very accommodating this evening. I turned down my opportunity of having a bat. Excellent. Um, uh, <laughs> right, Spain, Spain, it's, it's, all over again. <laughs> it's the Catford variant. Willie Bolly to score first, Wolves 2 1, 115 to 1. Chris Wood to score first, draw 1 all 30 to 1. William Jose to score first, Wolves 2 0, 22 to 1. Leander Dendonka to score first, draw 2 all, 175 to 1. 
Oh, hey, that wasn't one. too bad. Only one fluff in that. Well, let's wrap, wrap it up seeing as uh, Dan looks very, very hungry, um, which is got, strange because that's not what his uh, cheeks and neck suggest. Uh, we'll say goodbye then to Harry Mansell. Goodbye, everyone. Jack Williams. What are you having for your tea, Danny? Have you even said? <laughs> All right. I have been a disgrace and I've gone and worked hard, bowled my overs in the nets and I had a Macca's. So. Oh, that'll, that'll be lovely and cold. Double cheeseburger and chips. Do any chasers in that? There is a chaser in there, actually. Yeah, is there, what's the chaser? There. Mayo chicken chaser. Fruit bag. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> right. And uh, it's a goodbye from Bayliss. Goodbye, Wolves fans. Sorry That's for rattling on. A goodbye from me. Goodbye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.